We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. On our show today, we've got a really interesting conversation all about direct mail, but it isn't just those junky pieces that every now and then you get. And by the way, I'm saying junky, but it's not junky (laughs) if you think about how you can use it to your advantage when you get those pieces. But as we look at direct mail, though, there's a lot that's involved in the process, a lot that is involved in the idea behind it, and really an incredible amount that is there to help us figure out where, what, who, when, why, and how we're trying to really get taken care of when we talk about direct mail. But Daniel and Patricia and I can certainly talk about direct mail with you. But I don't think that there would be a better person to really talk about direct mail than somebody whose life revolves around direct mail. And so we have a great guest with us today who's going to help break down direct mail and the five W's and the how on what we need to know about direct mail. And I just realized I just said what to. Um, (laughs) But as we look at it, we'll go from there. But before I bring our guest on, let me tell you a little bit about him. Travis Lee is an internationally known as an expert in getting direct mail delivered, opened, and read. He's a co-founder and president of 3D Mail and generates huge returns for thousands of businesses each year who use his innovative and effective marketing strategies. His unique yet tested marketing methods have helped to add millions of dollars in sales to a wide variety of businesses from kitchen table run sole proprietors to national and multinational businesses, mailing millions of pieces of mail a year. His techniques and strategies move seamlessly between the business to business and business to consumer worlds and consistently provide positive returns of 200 to over 3,500% for his clients. Travis, wow. Welcome (laughs) to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and, uh, you know, hopefully impart some wisdom on what many people consider to be an old fuddy-duddy type of type of marketing media that's still alive, still kicking, and still making a lot of money for the businesses who use it. So looking forward to it. Thank you. So Travis, let me just ask you, I mean, I read 200 to 3,500% ROI on the direct mail um, programs that you do. And I'm curious, just like I'm sure a lot of our listeners are curious at this point, I mean, that just sounds extreme. How do we start to even quantify that kind of a return? Yeah, I mean, so with direct mail, it really is one of those things where you can track it, you can measure it because you're because you're you're only mailing and you're only working with a certain group of people, right? And you know exactly who those people are before I mean, so you know, if we get a list of 100, 1000, 10,000, 
we know who's on that list and we know who we're mailing. And that's what makes direct mail so great for many, many different reasons, right? So this is not to bash on online anything or any other media, right? So, you know, we use everything at our disposal. We use we use online and email and we use all the stuff available to us. But what's great about direct mail is again, you know exactly who you're mailing to and you can really pinpoint who that person is. So you've we've got our list and we can, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about how we choose the list and that kind of stuff later on, but we're able to track it really, really well because we know who's in that pool. And we also know who's not in that pool. And so one of the things that I know that frustrates, you know, like the online marketers of the world is as soon as you put your message out there, it's there for almost anybody to see. And in fact, they have databases of places you can go to see what ads are running on Facebook. So if you're a dentist, you could go see what every dentist is running. If you're a software provider, you could go see what every software provider is, is, is doing. And so it allows you to do it, to do a couple things to completely control that list so that only the people that you want to see it, see it. Uh, and we were talking a little bit on the top of the show, but before we started, we're all kind of fans of Dan Kennedy. And Dan Kennedy said that direct mail is the only media where you can make your business in the dark. And I put quote marks around in the dark, because again, you control that message. And so while some of those, you know, returns might seem high, they're not uncommon. Now is 3,500%. Is that a little bit of an outlier? Yeah. But depending on what you're selling, you know, we, you know, one of our very first direct mail campaigns, way, you know, decades ago now, we actually got that 3,500% because we had the perfect list. We had the perfect profile and we were selling a $30,000 computer system, right? So when you're able to target very well and you're able to match that message to that person very well, you can get those results. And that's what direct mail can do. I think it's still, even with all the technology we have today, still is better than most of the media out there when it comes to controlling that message. And then again, with some modern technologies, we can really track it down to the last penny. I'm really surprised. I mean, the 200 to 3,500%, here I was thinking the 27% response that I got on a piece that I sent <laughs> out years ago in the university where I was working uh, blew away expectations. I mean, uh, the post office even said they never saw anything like that. Um, you know, it was a mailing just to our alumni database yeah. because we changed over our online community. And, um, it was at the time when the first generation of, um, iPods was out there. And so I was giving away a drawing, you know, if you sent back the postcard, um, I gave away a drawing or I entered you in a drawing to win, um, this iPod that we bought. And it was great because Apple had special, you know, education, nonprofit institution pricing. So it didn't cost us the $300, whatever it was, you know, significantly less. But I got, you know, grandparents sending in stuff for their grandkids because they're like, I got to enter my grandkid into this because I know yeah. they'll know what to do. I don't know what to do with this thing, <laughs> but they will. And um, I mean, I reactivated people that we literally had no idea where they were because they were given this piece of information by somebody and they sent us their email and their contact information. We reactivated lost alumni as a result, which was ultimately the goal 
Yeah. Uh, but I mean, 27% blew away everyone's expectations. And here you are 200 to 3,500%. And it was well, like, well, and, and I understand the list is segmented and targeted, but I was going just to our alumni database. So that's also segmented and targeted, but yes. And I think Patricia is going to say exactly what I'm going to say. Go you're, ahead. You're talking <laughs> about a percent response rate, Jen, and he's talking about an ROI. So an oh, ROI, yeah. of course, yes, yes, if you yes. spend a thousand dollars, we'll say just yeah. for easy, you know, you, you spend a thousand dollars on the mailing and you get what thirty five thousand. I don't know how many. That would be, yeah, me, that's but, where the number comes from. Yeah. So you're, right. you're, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. So re while response rate is important and it's not to be overlooked. And so let's back up a little bit. So a response rate means we mail out X amount of pieces what's the percentage of people who respond? Now that's a leading indicator, but it's not your best indicator of direct mail success. So well, I don't want to take anything away from your 27% response rate. That is absolutely incredible. And you, I mean, that was awesome. Thank but you. when we're looking at this stuff, we're looking at, yeah, we're looking at response rate, but like Patricia said, we're ultimately only concerned with the return on our investment rate, right? So if we spend a dollar and we get $2 back, is that good? So are we profitable at that rate? And then if we are, how can we multiply that effect? Mm -hmm. Now there's some businesses where you need to be, you know, you maybe can't be at a two to one ROI. You need to be at a three or a four or a five or a 10 because you've got your cost of delivery and your cost of goods. What I mean, we all have we all have costs associated to the thing that we deliver. Um, you know, even software companies with their 90% profit margins have a cost to deliver a, a product or a service. And so that's what we're most concerned with. Re uh, again, re um, response rate is important because it puts people in, to your point, it puts, you reactivate them, you get them re-engaged, you get them going. It's a good mar It's a good measure of, are we effective with our message? Meaning, can we get people to pick up the phone, go to a website, scan a QR code, but ultimately we want them to buy. And so when I work with my customers, my, we call them clients for the most part, when we work with our clients, what, you know, the, for the most part, I don't have a, I don't have any control over their sales process once that, once that direct mail does its job of getting the phone call, the website visit, the QR code, right? Scan, right? We're not we're not babysitting the entire sales process, right? So for us, response rate is very important when we're doing it for our clients because we can say, hey, the marketing is working. If you're not getting the ROI, then there's something in your sales processes that isn't working. So you've got two different numbers. One indi one is an indicator to the other, but ultimately it's that second number, the return on investment that we ultimately want, right? Because again, if we go to a slot machine and we put a dollar in and every time we get $2 back, you're never leaving that slot machine. <laughs> you're going to go find a buddy to put the dollar in. You're going to go find your right, and you're just going to take turns putting dollars in. That's Except the idea. That's what we're looking you for. You leave and go to a different casino and you give it all back. <laughs> that, <laughs> yes. I have a true story. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, so Travis, you're talking about the, the return on investment and also that response rate. And you've thrown out some other things that I think our listeners need to pay attention to about the list segmentation, everything else. Now, it, you are known, 3D Mail, you're kind of known for putting things in the mail that's part of the mailer. How much of that is gimmicky 
to some extent it's a gimmick right a a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. open it but on the other side the reality is there has to be a good message which you've already talked about there has to be a valid offer that people actually want how much of what you do is gimmick versus the the actual message and the the crafting of the offer the rest of the 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 marketing uh that goes into it and then we've got follow-up questions i'm sure about what are some of the most fun things you've ever mailed but anyway (laughs) start with that it's a great great (laughs) question so those of you that aren't that are just listening i've got a little bank just to illustrate to you what what daniel's saying we got the gimmicky stuff right so we have like for example we have these little bank bags you know remember when you went to the you know, the retail store or the, or the supermarket, and they would put all their cash in these bank bags, right? Well, we actually mail these things, right? So like I said, we'll put the letter inside. We'll actually put their postage in the mailing address right here. And so now this thing shows up in their mailbox, this, this vinyl real zipper bank bag thing. What we tell people is a couple things. So first off, is it gimmicky? Yes, but... I think most advertising has a its fair share of gimmicky to it, right? So think about think yes. about Super Bowl commercials, right? Every single Super Bowl commercial, with very rare exception, is gimmicky, right? Because you've got talking frogs and you've got people jumping out of airplanes, right? I mean, so it's all kind of gimmicky to begin with. And so we it's a fair question. So we say a couple different things. First off, with your marketing doesn't matter if you're using direct mail, billboards, yellow pages from eons ago, online, offline, social media, email. Regardless of the media, you have to get your message open, heard, read, listened to, paid attention to. And so if your message doesn't do any of those things, then it doesn't matter if it's gimmicky, if it's not gimmicky, if we, if they don't see it and read it and hear it and listen to it, it just doesn't matter. So that is our A number one goal with any kind of marketing, regardless of media, regardless of what you're going after, who you're targeting is to get it looked at and read. Now to the second part of your question, we tell people, if you send something like a bank bag, again, I'm on, if you're just listening, we have these little pill bottles, these little orange pill bottles like you get at at the pharmacist and we open them up and we put a message inside of there, right? And so what we tell people is, the gimmick is only going to get that attention for those first five, eight, 10, 12 seconds, right? Which is what we need. You still need a good, compelling message inside, matched to a good list with an offer that makes sense to them. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the extreme version is we're not going to, we could have the best, the best gimmick in the world. We could have the Shakespeare of copywriting, writing our copy. But if we are selling shade to Eskimos, we're going to have a tough time, right? So all those things have to kind of be in line with each other. You've got to have a good message to a good list with a good offer. And if you've got good in all those spots, excuse me, you have good in all those spots, you end up with a great ad. If you have just okay in any one of those three spots, you're going to have just okay results. And so we call it our three-legged stool, list, offer, media. When those things are all congruent, when each of the three-legged stools are all the same length, then you have great success. So a case in point, one of the worst mailing campaigns that I'm receiving right now, it's it's ongoing. There's a preschool in my area 
who has chosen to do every door direct postcard mailing to the entire neighborhood. And um, I'm of an age, I don't have preschool children in the house. <laughs> and I imagine a very small percentage of the houses in my neighborhood actually have preschool age children. <laughs> There's a kids who are. There's a campaign that has completely missed the mark. Every door direct is not a good campaign for them. They should buy a list of households with preschool age children. <laughs> yeah. And, and to you, I mean, that's exactly, I mean, that's a great illustration of that. So, you know, I'm not against, like, like I told you at the very beginning, I'm not against any kind of media. We'll use any media that gets attention that gets, and then ultimately gets results, but you're exactly right. They were persuaded by the cheapness of the media, right? Which is EDDM. And so those that don't know, it's every door direct mail. You buy a mail, you don't even have to buy a mailing list. You essentially say, I, so, you know, everyone has a mail carrier, whether they walk around or drive around, everyone has a mail carrier. And you say, I want every person that on that route to get my message. So that's EDDM in a nutshell. We could spend a whole topic just on that, but they're seduced by the cheapness of it. And I see that a lot with other media. So people get seduced by email because it's cheap, right? That's another kind of one that we run into a little bit. And to your point, I think you're exactly right. They would probably save money in the long run by getting a list of young parents with young kids. By the way, all of that is easily available. It's all, I can go get a list of married couples making X amount of money in, in these zip codes and have children under the age of five in the home. And now I've got that target. They've got their target on their back for me, right? And I've zeroed in on them. And we see that a lot. We see that just, we call it just an overly broad message. And so they tried this shotgun approach. You know, they they rack the shotgun, they shoot, they blast, and whatever they hit, they hit. And hopefully it's one of their own, right? Hopefully it's somebody that they want in there. They want somebody coming in. So um I think you're right. I think that's a great example. They would probably save money in the long run by doing more micro-targeting than just that blast to everyone in the neighborhood. And they would see an ROI on their efforts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Positive, yeah. <laughs> now, 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 who knows their math, right? So, um, you know, it might be a case where, hey, if they just pick up five students, that might be all they need to be profitable, right? I mean, my kids are out well out of preschool age. But when we got the first one in the preschool, the second one went in the preschool, right? So it was this, so, you know, there was kind of that trickle down effect. So, you know, without knowing their results, hard to make, hard to, hard to, you know, cast stones. But my gut tells me they're probably doing that, casting stones and not hitting much. So Travis, right. let me ask you, when we're looking at the, targeting of the list because i mean you mentioned like in daniel's um example if you were to go and you can get the married couple earning x with kids under five mm -hmm. how would you i mean obviously there's the avatar the ideal prospect that every marketer needs to know but is there anything else though that would really help us nail down the demographics so that we get a better result in terms of what we're really trying to do so that we know we're going to have the highest ROI possible? So one of the things that is available to us now, and this has been around for probably 10 or 12 years now, so it's 
in the direct mail world, it's relatively new in terms of technology. We actually have these things called reverse analysis or uh, um, where we do a lookalike of your current list. So we can actually, let's say you've got your 1,000 customers and you've got your top 300, your top 20 or 30% who are your A-level customers. You know, they, they you know, it's 80-20 rule, right? So your top 20 is going to give you 80% of your results. And that's that holds true for almost anything in business. We can actually take that top 20, 20%, 30%, and we can upload it and do a reverse analysis of it. And then it'll come back and it won't tell us individually what each person has, but it'll give us the aggregate of everybody. So it'll tell us if they're married, if they have kids, uh, education level. They basically give us about, depending on which report we want, we run 30 to 100 data points about that person. So I'll give you an example of how we've done this in the past. I have a client. Um, in the Midwest, I think Wichita, don't quote me on that. It's been a couple of years since we worked, since we did this analysis with him, but he's got 10 dry cleaning locations. So in the dry cleaning world, he's like the king, right? No one has 10 locations. So he's, he's the big guy in his town. Well, he's got his list of thousands and thousands of customers. And so we only took, in his case, we only took the top 10% because small, you know, lots of people in a small clustered area, right? So anybody that's even taken one stats class knows that's a good makeup for a, an analysis of what the makeup is. And so we ran that analysis and it reinforced a lot of what we knew, right? So it's going to be married couples. It's going to be white collar workers. But what we found, which was surprising was that, and I won't get the number exactly right, but it was some very, you know, 86, 88, 90% of his customers still had children in the home. Now that was kind of, you know, you might think, all right, dry cleaner, that makes a little bit of sense, but what happens when their kids age out? Well, for whatever reason, that was like an outlier. So that said 80, 90% had kids in the home. Hmm. We would be silly to go and buy a list that didn't include kids in the home because 90% of his A-level clients had kids in the home. Now, there was a bunch of other factors too, right? Income level, if they were married, they own two or more cars, right? All this stuff that you would probably think of, but that kid one was an outlier for us. Now we know we got to get the ones with the kids. And so that's an example of what you can do. And you know, that's just one example with one dry cleaner. Every business is probably has kind of that outlier that would tell you one or two or three things that tell you that you have to get this. Well, and when you have data like that, I mean, you can sell them dry cleaning and you can sell them a lot of other stuff too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. And so he starts getting into other, right? So now he gets into um, regular laundry delivery, right? So not just the dry cleaning stuff, but we'll come, you leave the sack on the front porch. We take it by 9 p.m. the next day, it's back on the front porch, all folded up and ready to go, right? So you're exactly right. It gives you insight into other things. He's got a commercial division on top of that, which we didn't even talk about. But yeah, I mean, once you're able to pinpoint those people, marketing gets, I don't want to say marketing gets easy because it's always hard to sell something, but it gets easier for that for that business owner. Hmm, nice. So Travis, there may be a, a fair number of our listeners who are not familiar with your company at all. Can you tell us a little bit, uh, I'd like to go back to what kind of the core of what you do and tell us a little bit about 3D Mail, both the company and tell us about what is 3D Mail. <laughs> you bet. So 
you know, when we started, and I'll, and I'll show some of the more examples and we'll describe them in case you're just listening. When we started this business, we were only what we call 3D mail. So again, I'll show the bank bag again. We've got the little pill bottles. I Like I said, I brought up some more fun uh, show and tell stuff. We have these boomerangs. So these are real plastic boomerangs. They actually work. You throw them and they mostly come back to you. <laughs> we use these for reactivation, right? So Jennifer, for your reactivation, hey, Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Alumni, we want you back. You know, come sign, you know, re-sign up, re-engage, whatever. But we want you back. So we send these boomerangs. And so I'll give the brief version of how we got into this business. My father owned another business. I was fortunate enough to start this business with him. He owned another business. And we used all these little knickknacks and tchotchkes and mail pieces to grow that business. And then as we got, as we, as we got kind of more known as we were doing this stuff, people came up to us and said, how do you do this? What are you doing? How are you getting these pieces? And we'd say, well, we go to the we go to the dollar store and we walk up and down the aisle until we find inspiration, right? Well, then it became, why are we telling other people to do this when we could just do it for them, right? And so we started buying stuff. We had good connections with, with buyers and manufacturers. So we started buying boomerangs and bank bags and things like that. And now we started selling these things. So 3D mail is actually, to kind of loop back to your question, we really mean three-dimensional mail. It is not postcards. It is not envelopes, although we now have morphed into doing anything direct mail. The front door to our business are still these little pieces. So we've got little bags of shredded money. Those of you that are listening, this is a we actually get shredded money from the Treasury Department, and then we put them in these little business card-sized bags, and now we can say, quit wasting your money on ABC, XYZ, or let me help you stop wasting money on ABC, right? Um, you know, so it really is at its core, like we talked about earlier, getting the message read. And I wish we could just send a little tiny four by six postcard and be cheap and dumb like the, like the, uh, like your preschool and do the cheapest thing possible to get the results that we need. But we know that just in marketing, that doesn't work all the time. In fact, it rarely works. So we've got to kind of do these things in order to get attention so that we do get our message read, seen, heard. And then hopefully we've got good message, good market, good media. So we complete that three-legged stool. So I think I answered your question. If not, fire back at me. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So the, the whole point is um, sometimes it's an item that's stuffed inside an envelope. Sometimes you're mailing the item itself, right? Correct. <laughs> Which yeah, so that's to... exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Another question that I've always wanted to ask you, I've known about you for a while. We've uh, we've all been members of the same uh, marketing community for a long time. And yeah. I've, I've, I've heard about your name for a long time. Uh, but I've always wanted to ask you, what is the most unusual thing you have ever mailed? That's an easy one. So we were working, we were working with a, a coaching group and they were a coaching program. So they they had a they had a franchise of coaches, right? So big company, franchise of coaches, the coaches are coaching other businesses. And so they wanted to put on a, a large event, a large seminar boot camp type of thing. Uh the coaches were all gonna bring their members. So it was kind of like it was kind of like member appreciation meets, you know, training seminar, right? Well, to offset those costs, they wanted to bring in sponsors. 
who complimented what they did. So they wanted software people and phone people and email, you know, email service providers, all the, you know, all the things that as small business owners, we would want to be exposed to. And so they came to me and they said, we want to do something really, really cool. This is our hit list of our best vendors. They're going to spend anywhere from a couple thousand dollars to tens of thousands of dollars for booth space and all that kind of stuff. You know, your typical trade show seminar. And they said, we would give our right arm to meet with these people. So what did we do? We found mannequin right arms, put them into boxes, and with a note that said, we would give our right arm for 15 minutes of your time to talk about our upcoming event. Now, I butchered that. It, it was sexier and funner and more fun than that. But we, like I said, we found we found these long boxes that fit exactly a right arm mannequin arm. We were able to for, <laughs> source mannequin arms. And then we put a bunch of stuff, you know, we put a sales letter inside. Um, I think we put like kind of this straw stuff in it to cushion it, right? So when they took it out, it kind of went everywhere. And um, that is by far the craziest thing we've ever mailed were right mannequin, right, <laughs> right arms from mannequins. And so that one uh, did well for them, did great. Um, they were happy. You know, they probably got a couple, hey, why are you sending me this like <laughs> arm? This is really kind of strange. But for the ones who got it, the ones who laughed, the ones who bought, that's all we're really concerned about, right? I mean, right, right. if we piss off 10% of people to really have fun with our other 90%, I say mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I have had friends in the past who worked for the USPS who have told me, if you could attach a stamp to it, we would mail a watermelon. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So a there's- watermelon, wow. <laughs> it's been several years now. And when I, I'm talking 14 ish years, but there, there was, uh, the, I think, I don't want to put a name to it. There was an association out there. Don't remember who it was, not important. They went and mailed like 25 different things. One of them was just a balloon with, with a stamp, with the proper postage on it and a, with a, with a, with a marker, they wrote the address on it. It got delivered. They mailed, um, if you've ever been to Hawaii, I think it's the Big Island. You can actually mail coconuts, so you actually yes. paint on the uh, you paint on the address with some you know the little sticky paint they got there. They put the postage on it, and you mail little coconuts. <laughs> the most amazing one that I saw with this study again, 14, 15 years ago now, is they took a clear envelope with a hundred dollar bill. So hundred dollar bill, clear all. I mean, it was. It, there was no mistake that they were mailing a hundred dollar bill. They mailed again. I don't remember the specifics up of it, but they mailed multiple of them. It wasn't like it was one. It was more than one. Every single one of them got delivered. Every single one hundred dollar bill. Everybody who saw it knew exactly what it was. So that's kind of my, my, what's the right word here. That's kind of my excuse for the post office. So most of us, when we, when we, when we go to the, when we, our experience with the post office is long lines and you're waiting to mail a package for Christmas and there's 72 people in line and the four people at the counter take their break all at the same time. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what we all experience from a retail perspective as a post office, but their core job of getting the mail delivered on time and to the right people, they are actually exceedingly good at it, right? When you think about the billions of pieces of mail that they deliver every single year and the and the and the the default rate being 
almost nothing. I mean, it's infinitesimal compared to the billions of pieces they send. Their core business of getting your letter across the country for 60 something cents in three to four days is actually phenomenal. So to your point, Which, you can mail By the anything. way, email cannot claim that kind of a delivery rate. Not, not even at close. all. <laughs> and yeah. not even, not, not, a, not an open rate, not a delivery rate, not an engagement rate. Um, you know, the USPS does these big studies every five years. So they, the last one they did in 2020, the next one will be in five years. They found that direct mail has an average shelf life of 17 days, meaning it sits in your house for 17 days. What email sits in an inbox for 17 days? You know, and that's just... But that's an exception. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, you know, <laughs> procrastination is different than, you know, re, you know, actually dealing yeah. with the email. But, but uh, point taken. Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. Travis, let me ask you, we talked about the deliverability. And that yeah. brings me to a different thought. And that is seating yourself to get your piece. Um in email, of course, it's really easy just to make sure that you're including yourself on there. Um, sometimes in direct mail campaigns, you're going to want to do that as well um, for various reasons. But I'm wondering, what is your guideline in terms of seating yourself? Is it all the time? Some of the time? Depends. None of the time? I so just to so seating yourself on the list is a great question, by the way. That just to clarify, that means we're putting our name or people we know on the list so that we know when the mail gets delivered. That's what we mean. So we're going to seed the list with addresses. So I'll use my PO box at the office. I'll use my home address. Um, like I said, I work with my dad. So we'll just, we'll use their home address. Big general rule of thumb. You should always be seeding your email, your mailing list with at least one trustworthy mailing address. One that you can, you control, you look at, you know, when it arrives, I always, now I say always, and you know, whenever anybody says always, you know it's not always, right? But 99% of the time, I will put my work address and my home address on anything I mail out for our company. So I know that it's getting out. Now, having said that, over the last couple of years, the US Postal Service has a technology now that we can tap into that will literally tell you at a per piece level which ones are being delivered and when they expect them to be delivered. So we call this USPS mail tracking. It's actually a little trademark name they have for it. This is relatively new. It doesn't do it for everything. So you can't mail out, you know, five little postcards and do this, right? So it needs to have, it needs to have a, a barcode on it is kind of the, is the deal. So you need to be sending it pre-sort mail. You need to be sending a package, things like that. It can't just, you can't just throw a stamp on a letter and then track it. But then what we're able to do is we have a dashboard where you can actually go in and see when each piece got delivered. So that now gives us kind of this level of confidence that we know these things are being delivered. Now, I use that technology when we send mail and I still put my own mailing address on it, right? Just to be double sure. So, you know, now you can take that technology. Let's say you're let's say you're mailing your in-house list for an offer. To your point, the 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 alumni one that you did earlier was awesome. So you've got all their information. You've got their name. You've got their address. You've got their emails. You've got their phone numbers. You know you've got their full full suite of information. Well, now what can happen is we can use that mail tracking technology. Know that ninety seven percent of them are going to be delivered on Tuesday, Wednesday. 
We can send out an email on Monday saying, check your mailbox. This is coming. It's really important. We can then send another email on Thursday that says, did you get it? It arrived. I know it arrived. I can see it, right? And so now you can use all this technology to your advantage. When we talked at the very beginning, I said there's some technology advances in, in the USPS that we're taking advantage of now. That's one of them. So seed yourself always, but now they have other checks and balances that the post office is pushing out there because of the bad reputation, right? So that, no, 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 you can't tell us it didn't get delivered. This got scanned, it got delivered, and here's the time it went onto the onto the post office. Uh, I don't think they scan it when it goes into the mailbox, but the last scan is when it goes onto that onto that last mile delivery. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so here's another question, completely uh, moving past that. Somebody who's looking to get started, <clears throat> yeah, they never dealt with direct mail before. And they're listening to this because they've been sold email, so you know, <laughs> Facebook only kind of thing. <clears throat> and they're hearing, well, there's so many more advantages to direct mail. What does somebody really need to know to start planning out a good direct mail campaign? And is there a magic budget number <laughs> that would really like put them over the top? And again, I know that that's really open-ended in terms like, well, what are you trying to get in all of that? But is there like, you need a thousand pieces to go out to get the most possible return. What is the, you know, how would someone get started? Yeah. So, so the, the, to answer the second question first is it depends to a large degree. So what kind of budget do you need? What size of list do you need? It's going to depend largely on the universe that you serve. Right. And so if I'm a B2B marketer and there's only 500 people in my world that can use what I have, right, whether it be a software, a piece of equipment or whatever, right. When we get into the B2B space, we get really niche sometimes. Right. Uh, Patricia, I know you and I have done all kinds of stuff over the years where we get really, really niche with some of your companies. Well, so that might mean all 500 in that universe. Right. So if you work with a specialized manufacturer, it might be trying to reach out over time to all 500 of them. Now, if you're a restaurant and you're in a big city and you've got a half a million people who conceivably be a customer of yours, well, now we can kind of do pockets of that area, right? Um, big general rule of thumb, if you're going to be a consumer mailer, you probably need to be looking at a couple thousand pieces. Doesn't need to be tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, but with a few thousand pieces, generally speaking, you can probably know at, at a very high level if it's working or not, right? And so if you send out a piece and you get goose egg, you get nobody calling, all right, some, some list off for media, one of them is wrong. But if you send out 500 pieces, all right, we're getting phone calls for this. We're getting inquiries. We got a few sales. All right, now let's try to expand that a little bit. Can we go to the next group of 500? Can we go to the next group of 500? So that's what I encourage people to do for the most part is to test small and then grow bigger and bigger and bigger as needed. To your first question about how can people kind of know where to start, this is completely self-serving, but I've got a book. It's called The Simple Three-Step Process uh, That Ensures Direct Mail Success. This really is a 101 guide. We talk about list, we talk about offer, we talk about media. That is going to give you that 30,000 foot view that you need to know Am I am I on the right track? Am I going the right direction? Um, 
And again, it's completely self-serving, but if you go to travisalee.com, that's my name, T-R-A-V-I-S, the letter A-L-E-E.com, you can pick up a copy for it for about three or four bucks. Um, so again, completely self-serving, but if you're looking to, how do I know this? How do I know if I'm going the right direction and not have to take like a 17-hour course? It's about a 90-minute read. You can know if there's a place in your marketing funnel for this kind of stuff relatively quickly. And the follow-up on that is, is there a particular amount of time that I have to budget for from concept to out-the-door fulfillment? Good question. A lot of that is going to depend, like a lot of marketing, are we willing to pay for speed? Or are we willing to, to wait? And so if you want to do it yourself, a lot of that is going to depend on how quickly you move, right? So in our world, we have a lot of do-it-yourselfers. So they come to us with a, a message, a letter. They want to send a certain thing. you know. So if you want to streamline that, you would hire an agency to do that, right? And so they have the copywriting. They've got the list. They've got all that stuff. Um, so some of that's going to depend on the complexity of the job. Um, again, if we're a restaurant and we're offering two-for-one appetizers, or we want to send out a birthday card to everyone. Isn't that, I mean, we could go get a list of everyone with a birthday in October and send them a free, a free meal, right? That can be done relatively quickly. But if you've got a more complicated sale, if you've got, um, you know, if it's just a little bit more involved than, you know, everyone gets what a restaurant does, right? So we show up with a restaurant offer, we get it. Dentist to a certain degree. But if you sell anything that's complex or a little bit, you know, needs some more explanation, you know, it can often take, even when hiring an agency, four to eight weeks to get something in the mail. So um, fairly broad answer, but because it's, it, it just kind of depends a lot of the times as well. Thank you. So I guess if we're looking at the timing, are there seasons when it may take longer, like other than Christmas time when the mail is crazy with all of the additional packages? Are there other times of the year where it may move quicker or slower through the system just to build that in also? Yeah, for the most part, no. Um, Thanksgiving to Christmas is going to be a bottleneck. Uh, you can add a day or two here or there for most deliveries, but even then you're only adding a day or two for the most part. Uh, it's not like it adds weeks, um, or even a week. Uh, but if you're pretty much from January one to Thanksgiving, you're going to get your mail delivered. Now there's different levels of delivery, right? So first class is going to get delivered for, in three to five days, pre-sort, which, you know, bulk rate, C-class mail. It's been called all kinds of things over the years. That's going to take seven to 12 days. But for the most part, it's pretty darn consistent. Like I said, the you know, in my little rant with the post office, you know, half hour ago or so, they really do get the mail delivered well. Um, and at their core competency, they're good at that. Now, when you flood the market with 300% more mail because there's packages and Christmas cards, you know, think of all the cards you get over Christmas from your friends and your family and your neighbors. Now multiply that by 300 million people. And so now you've got a lot more mail, but even <laughs> then those things get mailed awfully quick. So um, I think the better question and the better answer is what are the seasonalities of your business, right? So where is the time that, is there a time that's better than not, right? And so, you know, gyms and weight loss, 
companies make like 80% of their business in the first two months of the year. Well, we have to be marketing in Jan- December, January, and February if we're selling weight loss or gyms. Yeah. And we're probably worthless mailing October, November, December, right? Because, I mean, I guess we could make the pitch, hey, get fit for Christmas, get fit for this, but it's going to be a tougher sell. So it's more, what are the seasonalities? What are the ebbs and flows of your business and your industry? Um we slow down over Christmas. We, I mean, from Thanksgiving to from Thanksgiving to Christmas, we slow down. And so the challenge for us every year is what can we do so that this, so that December doesn't suck, <laughs> right? Because every business has those ebbs and flows. And so, you know, as much as you can, you want those ebbs and flows to be, you know, more linear and not so up and down. So. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, uh, Travis, this has been a, a fantastic conversation and we've had a lot of fun <laughs> already. I, I think this might have to be a, a multi-part uh, conversation because I know um, you could go on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> I could. You give me a stage and a microphone, I could do days and days and days on this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do want to be respectful of your time, uh, you. of course. And and so thank you so much for being uh, on the, the show with us today. I do want to give you a, a couple minutes here. You mentioned already where people could go to get your book. That was TravisALee.com uh, to pick up a right. copy of that book. So if anyone wanted to reach out to you, if they wanted to engage your services, uh, what would be some other ways that someone could get in contact with you? Well, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, if you're new to direct mail, that book is going to be the best place to start. So if you're wondering where to go, how do I start? What's a list? How do I get a mailing list? What's an offer? So if like any of those things were like, I don't really know what that is. The book is the best place to start. You can also check us out at our main website, which has all the Chotskys I showed, the bank bags, the boomerangs, the pill bottles, and that's 3D mailresults.com. So I'll spell it for you. The number three, the letter D, M-A-I-L-R-E-S-U-L-T-S.com. And you can go there and you can, you know, actually, if you're just listening, I know I've showed it to you, but those of you are that are just listening, you can see the stuff we talked about, see the bank bag, see the pill bottle. Uh, there's a contact us form in there to get in contact with my team. Uh, they can help you out. Um, you know, you can always give us a call 888-250-1834. We got people here. They answer the phones as well. We're not shy to talk to people. So between those three ways, those are the best ways to get in touch with us. And then my team can kind of point you in the right direction. Okay. I think this is what you need here. This is what you need here. Or, Hey, you're ready to go. Let's get something in the mail for you. So those are the best places to reach out. Fantastic. And we'll make sure that those websites and the phone number is listed in the description. So again, if you're listening to this, uh, make sure you check the description of this episode and you can get the the websites and the phone number again. Uh, Patricia, I know it, I, I'm going to give you the last word since you've done a little bit of work with uh, Travis and with his company in the past. Uh, give him a little bit of a shout out here, if you would. <laughs> well, I, I always go back to one day where I, you know, went out and I got my mail and I got one of those bank bags. I don't even remember who it was that mailed this thing to me, but I remember the bag. It just really, really stands out. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been working with Patricia off and on for, boy, probably close to 12 years now. You go back, you go back to our old office, which was eight years ago. And I know we worked with you several years before that. So (laughs) I've, yeah, I've been around that particular marketing club for 
Oh my God. It was 2008. I think when I started. And that's about the time that we would have started this business. So they all kind of run together. Was it 2008 or nine? All I remember is that the economy sucked and it wasn't the best time to start a business. That's all I remember. (laughs) And so what was Patricia doing? Patricia (laughs) was importing rocks from Pakistan, (laughs) shipping them across the ocean, shipping them across the U.S. Oh, what insane. But yeah nice nice uh so apparently it turns out that a recession is a great time to start a business <laughs> it's it's not horrible it's not horrible i mean it, it it's you know we joke around here recessions you know it, if you can keep your head above water it sure colds the herd a lot over the, you know so it's right you know every time there's been a dip we usually come back better but you know yeah still you still lose a little bit of hair and there's a few sleepless nights in there but but but, but we push on Nice. Yep. Yeah. Well, again, uh, Travis, thank you so much for being with us today. And so with that, everyone, we'll go ahead and close out this episode. And this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters uh, podcast. So we thank you for listening today. Uh, we invite you to uh, to like, to subscribe, and to share our podcast with others. So thank you very much for listening today. And her- Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues sharing is caring and here's to your success thanks so much and have a wonderful day it's the bottom line that matters